the city of New Orleans, in a darker side of Dixie, away from the music and the lights. There's a new game in town. You'll be provided with a guide, trackers, and the weapons of your choice. I need to file a missing person report. The competitors are deadly. We pride ourselves in hunting only combat veterans, men who have the necessary skills to make our hunts more interesting. And they always win. You want to find your father? Get somebody who knows the city to show you around. Now, the opposition is about to get one last chance. What kind of a name is Chance? My mama took one. And Mr. Boudreaux, Silver Star, Marine Forced Recon. He's obviously not someone we should underestimate. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hard target. You miss me? From internationally acclaimed action director John Woo. Hostile field to be hunted! You tell me! Hard target. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> Skin's hanging from the faucet. <laughs> it's fucked. I thought I was going to get bit by a spider, and then I ended up injuring myself worse than with the spider. Anyone that has a fear of spiders, oh, yeah. that's exactly what happens all of the time. The spider doesn't cause the problem. Mm -hmm. Your idiotic response to yeah. said spider. I'm pretty sure that's happened with me with wasps before. Like, I've been so scared that I ran into something or something like that. I'm not pumped about those, but I'm not afraid of them. Wasps and hornets hurt really bad when they sting you. Wasps are not that bad. I don't like it. Hornets are bad. Is hornet the worst sting? It's up there. It's like, like a... Like yellow jackets are really bad. Yellow jackets are bad. It's like a real burn. Have you guys all been stung by these things? Mm-hmm. I'm allergic to bees, so... Mm. Bees aren't really that bad. The worst thing bug-related is I had a red ant bite me. Ugh. It felt like a thousand suns I was, entering my veins. Whenever I got... Mm. My first time in the ocean, jellyfish. Oh, man. Pretty instantaneously. It was How'd a that feel? It hurt. It felt like it burned. I walked into it. And it obviously had to be really small, but it like wrapped around my calf oh. and I got out of the ocean and I also I screamed and my sis my stepsister is right next to me, Sam. She takes off and she's like, it's a shark. And she came <laughs> to me. She was like gone to the shore. It felt like I hit a weird sand gravel thing. Like it didn't feel like what you think would a jellyfish would yeah. feel like. I assume it would be soft and then like, ah, it mm -hmm. was crunchy the whole time. So then I get out and I rub sand on my calf for whatever reason that was the instinct of like i've got to rub this i've got to get this off my skin it hurts so bad so i rub sand and my dad was like okay you're gonna have to get back in the ocean to wash the sand off because you can't track sand through the the hotel and i don't ever like i never back talk to my parents but i looked at my dad and i was like i'm not getting back in the ocean <laughs> i was like i will carry the sand and i will drag it through that mm -hmm. entire hotel and you okay cool let's go and whenever we like looked at it in the bathtub when we got there it looks like there was like lightning bolts all over my leg. Oh. It's just red. Did you? What do you have to do for treatment? She oddly enough 
At one point, an ambulance was called to her house. I'm pretty sure it was a prank call from Samantha before she was old enough to know better. Mm. And I think that they gave Linda a few, like, antiseptic things because she got them from an ambulance. Okay. And that would be the only time it makes sense. She, so she had those in, like, her nice. travel kit, like, first aid thing. <laughs> and she poured this antiseptic wash over my leg and it instantly stopped burning. Man. Okay. Yeah. It's not really an exciting story. It just hurt really bad. So that's all you basically had to do to treat it? Did yeah, like... no one peed on me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no new feet on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it hurts so bad. That's the worst thing that I've ever encountered. As but I've never been Snake bites? Stung. Not too bad. No, I've been bit by like non-poisonous. Like it's just Same. a... And mm-hmm. it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, bug bug bites and stings are worse than snake bites. Your spider bite was gnarly. That was... That was but also, obviously, I, I didn't feel it when it happened. I was going to say, it's not a like pain. That's more of an after. Yeah. Corrosive acid. Worst thing I've ever been through, not bug wise, but just kidney stone. That was oh my that's gosh. the worst pain I've ever had. And that's why I will always drink all the water. I have a fear of that. Anyone can get them. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, Mel. What's happening? Pretty calm. Calm day. Yeah. Nice little Saturday. Mm-hmm. We just got done watching a really good movie that we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking for this fine show today. Melanie, what have you made for our glasses? So this is a little gin cocktail we have. I'm calling it the Snake Punch for obvious reasons. Sure. I use Bombay Sapphire. You can use any gin that you want. Sweet vermouth, grenadine, freshly squeezed orange juice. And a cherry for garnish. It's very tasty. It's refreshing. I had to squeeze a ton of oranges to get this much juice. And this is all. The, what's in these cups, this is all the juice from... I don't want to say how many oranges because it sounds like I wasted them. But it was a lot of oranges. Hey, you know what? It's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, since we haven't done this section in a little while, let's talk about what we've been up to. I'll go ahead and start here. I'll just name a couple movies that I've watched recently. 1982's The New York Ripper, directed by Lucio Fulci. This movie is so good. First watch. It was one I'd been saving. I thought this week was, or this last week was uh, the time to do it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a very nasty movie, but uh, it's pure Fulci. And I, I thought, like, for someone who's Italian, uh, he came over here and shot it in New York. And he shoots it, in my opinion, as good as... Anybody else who made uh, a New York movie in that time period. I mean, it's the locations and spaces he uses and the way he he shoots New York is just absolutely great. Yeah, I hate to say gritty because I feel like anytime someone's talking about the New York from this time period, they say it. But his film is very gritty. It is, yeah. And there is a kill like towards the end of the film that is one of the more... Brutal kills I have seen in some time. Let's just say it involves uh, a nipple being sliced in half, basically. Did it shock mm. you? Obviously, with him, he's you know kind of what you're getting into with him, but it but it was something you haven't uh, you know I hadn't seen before. I kind of steered away from that one because I thought it was like a a rapey movie. It's really trashy. It's trashy. For I, sure. There is definitely the killer. Is going around, you know, he's going around chasing after women. Mm -hmm. And 
especially the last death. Uh, the lady gets full on naked while she's being killed. But yeah, I would say the film is very misogynistic, but also it doesn't bother me with him because I, I just because he was misogynistic. You know, you know, I, I just I love his style of filmmaking. So you know, I'm into it. Not the misogyny, but it's it's a it's 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 a pretty raw watch. But also, it's very funny. The killer, for those that don't know, has a duck voice, and <laughs> it's quite comical. So I mean. There's a quite a good mix of of the comedy mix with the sleaze, which is something I always enjoy. You say duck voice like Donald or Daffy? It is. I would call it, I guess, a Donald Duck voice. It's like a quack quack. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to do it because I'll probably fail. But um, it's a quack quack. Yeah, cartoonish as you can get. Mm. Yeah, it's a choice. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's the New York Ripper. Watch it. I would suggest anyway. I loved it. Uh, then uh, a couple other things I'll mention real quick. I saw the new Candyman. I can't say I was the biggest fan of that. I did like, I'm going to say his name wrong, I'm sure, but Abdul Mateen. I enjoyed him a lot in the main role, but uh, the film was pretty underwhelming. And then the last thing I'll mention is I watched a 2022 film called Windfall. This is on Netflix. And uh, it's kind of a thriller of sorts that stars Jason Segel, Lily Collins, and Jesse Plemons. Again, not the I was kind of mixed on it, but it's kind of a house invasion type thing with basically three actors doing the whole film that was fine. That's about all I got to say about that. The last thing I'll say is I've been playing tons of Elden Ring. Are you Are you good? You know, I'm okay. I, I die a lot, as with probably most people that play this game. I'll say this. Uh, I've put almost 80 hours into it, and I'm still only... I haven't even made it to the second boss yet. I think there's five main bosses, and I, I haven't even made it to the second one. I'm also doing everything I can in that game. Like, I'm trying to find every... Search all the areas and try to defeat all the mini-bosses and all the dungeons. And it's it's been great, but it's a very difficult game, but I love it. Stacy, what have you been up to? I haven't really watched that many movies. I watched some newer ones. I watched the new Scream. I didn't like it. But I thought Scream 4 was bad. This is worse. Okay. A lot worse. Okay. Did you like 4? No, I I am not a fan of, of 3 or 4. Although, uh, I can... I saw 3 a lot growing up. And my sisters watched it all the time. So I have like... A, a, a strong annoyance to that movie that probably a lot of people don't share. So I like four a bit better than three, but that doesn't mean I like four. I just can handle it because <laughs> I've seen it less. But one, I, I absolutely love one. Like most people, two, I think is not great, but it's a good time. It's really like, fun. None of, I would say like none of the four, like I, I'm not entertained enough while watching. I just don't think other than the first one, any of them are, are uh, quote unquote good movies. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think two and three are okay. Yeah. I finished Cyberpunk 2077. What was that? Like a month or two ago, they came out with the the rehashed version that's like fixed mm-hmm. and everything. Sure. So played it, PS5. It uh, ran pretty well. But there's like weird shit in that game. Like you customize your genitalia, but you don't really see it. And it doesn't, it just seems like a shock factor thing. But, that was, but I feel like when 
when that game first launched, that's what everyone was talking about. It's like, you can design your own, your own genitalia. It's going to be awesome. And it's like, I, from my understanding, it's like there's sex scenes in it. And it's not like, you don't need to see like penetration or any, or what have you. But it's like, why, if you can customize it, is it not? Why so, not see it yeah, I don't need to see like porn or anything, but it's also weird when like, during a sex scene, the camera at my junk and I'm a kin doll. Now, let me pick my dick. Sure. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm sure that it does, but I just want to, I'm just curious. Now you can, uh, you know, create your own penis. It's only the one vagina. You can't customize your oh, so You can't your customize vagina. its look. But you can't customize you can, the dick really either. Okay. Like, I you mean, can make it big. You can go okay. big or small, circumcised or uncircumcised. You need the one vagina. I do have a little pubis heart. That's cute. I think the story is pretty entertaining. Keanu's in it for quite a bit. He lives in your head. Mm -hmm. It's it kind of is like uh, it kind of reminds me of like a Fallout type, like the newer Fallout's. Mm -hmm. You know, first person ones, kind of mixed with like Deus Ex. I don't know if you guys haven't played those games, but they're very like cyberpunky. You know, hacking and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like the story, but. I found the ending to be a little unsatisfactory, but that could just be the ending I got. From my understanding, there's like five or six different endings and the way you get to those endings, like all that shit can play out differently. So who knows? But I didn't like the way that like sex was handled. And I feel that sex in the Witcher games, they feel mature, but they also feel earned and part of the story. Like I think a sex scene just for a sex scene. Yeah. Like in cyberpunk, like, yeah, you can go like, have sex with like whoever, but it's kind of like the GTA thing of like getting a hooker or something where it's like, there's not, it's a is thing it, to do. Is it always like the same type of cutscene? If you go pick up a, whatever those like. A joy toy? Yeah. Yeah. If you go pick up one of those, mm-hmm. is it always like the same type of, even if you go with a different one, is it the same type of sex scene? Yeah. And you go to like sex shops and buy like dildos and stuff and you can get a bunch of different dildos. They don't do anything. Like they just mm. sit in your inventory under junk. So uh, it's I'd like you just get dildos to sell them. Rather make my character use them. Yeah, it, which you can in like the Saints Row games. I think mm. like you can kill somebody with a dildo. So you can't even use it as a weapon. That was my next question. No, you can't no, no, no. use it to penetrate. You could like have a really floppy, big, like purple mm. dildo. No. And right. Just, like, well, see, in Saints Row, you can do that. You can have a giant dildo that you smack people with. That sounds good. Yeah. Cyberpunk, no, can't. So it's like they put all this stuff in the game and none of it's like, you know, it's okay. Like, I like it. I think it's better than, like, Fallout 4, like, for that style of game. And I recommend playing it, but maybe pick it up if it's, like, 20 bucks. Well, Melanie, what have you been up to? Did we didn't talk about, we all went and watched X. Oh, that's true. We didn't, none of us talked about it. I'm sure that we all made Letterboxd entries, but how'd you guys feel about that movie? Yeah, I'll just... Say I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it was one of the one of my personal favorite horror movies I've seen in the last few years. So yeah, I really dug it. I think it's that dude's worst horror film. Oh, I liked it. It's fine and stuff. I feel like a lot of the hoopla about it is I think there's this sentiment that we don't get these type of movies anymore, which I think is true. Eh, I don't. But eh, it's a, it's okay. I thought it was. I think it's really dumb. I liked it. Like I had fun with it. It was it was a perfectly serviceable horror film. Really enjoyed myself. The best part for me is that that overhead shot of 
Migoth's character, Maxine, I think, like swimming in that pond and the gator coming up behind her. Phenomenal, well-paced, very stressful, really loved that. It's weird that Miagoth is your your main protagonist where it's like I feel like all the other ladies in it are so much more interesting. Like Britney Snow is phenomenal. I'm really glad she got a, a song in it because her voice is amazing even though the song wasn't really, I didn't like the choice, but I get it. I don't know. I liked it. I had fun with it. It was fun. I'll watch it again at some point. The old age makeup, I did not love. I thought it was hilariously terrible. Yeah, well, like, I thought Mia Goth's old age makeup was fine because she's playing dual role, but the man's makeup was... And they show a picture of them when they're younger and they're both attractive people, and it's like, I don't feel like you get that busted working on a farm. Like, it's rotten. It's a really weird jaw and, like, kind of, like, The little big man. It's... I don't know what he looks like. It's not... I don't... It's not little big man, but it's, it's pretty close. It's rough. So other than that, I... I watched Pam and Tommy, which I kind of had, I really wasn't planning to watch it. Just kind of started on a whim. I had weird reservations with it because I hadn't, I already knew that Pamela Anderson had not agreed for this to happen. Like she didn't really give her consent. Not that they, it's it's a public story. Everyone knows about it, but I felt weird about something that was going to bring up one of the worst moments in someone's life where they were exposed the entire world in such a terrible way. I felt really weird about watching that when they weren't okay with it being told again. It probably goes on for too long. It needs to be a little bit shorter. I think it's 10, 8 or 10 episodes. It probably just needs to be like 5 or 6. It should have been a, a mini series. But watching it's Sebastian Stan and Lily James, they are really good. You kind of, and I'm saying specifically just as the characters and that's not the real life people but like watching two dummies fall in love that are they're both really stupid but they're just really into each other and they want to bang all the time is oddly sweet it was really good i i liked it the first episode is a little rough because the thing that i was worried about they kind of did where i didn't want them to make the guy who stole the sex tape from them out to be someone that you feel sympathetic towards and they kind of go into this backstory and i was like i don't care there's no excuse that guy's a dickhead but if you get past that, go to the second episode. The last 10 minutes of that second episode are phenomenal. Like, it's just a really sweet, authentic scene between two people kind of falling in love. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's really good. Okay. Watch some John Woo films in preparation for this, which I'm sure we're going to cover more Woo. I started playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, it's good. It's more, I mean, it's more Mass Effect in that universe, so, which I love. On today's show... We're going to be discussing John Woo's 1993 film, Hard Target. Why'd you choose this for us to watch today? I love John Woo. And also, I discovered this movie about a year ago. And I was blown away by how fun. I was like, this would be a good episode. Yeah. Well, in that release, that 4K just... Kino just came out with the 4K, what, like a month or two ago. So you can get Hard Target in glorious 4K. Yeah. It looks really nice. It's a disc that I feel like if you're a Woo fan, you need to buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would agree. But this was a first time watch for me. Lovely pick. Thank you. Love the film. Fantastic. Great choice. Let's start. Don't hunt what you can't kill. When a woman's father goes missing, she enlists a local to aid in her re- in her search. I'm sorry. The pair soon discover that her father has died at the hands of a wealthy sportsman who hunts homeless men as a form of recreation. Uh, This stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, 
Arnold Vosloo. Did I say his name right? Vosloo? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Lance Henriksen, Yancey Butler, uh, Sven Olthorsen, Wilford Brimley, and Cassie Lemons. We also have a uh, random uh, cameo from Ted Raimi. A random cameo. <laughs> it's because his brother helped on the film. Well, hey, I didn't know that, and now I do. Oh, yeah. Just initial thoughts? Loved this. I also a big John Woo fan. There's a good deal of his work that I haven't seen, but I think it's just because of, there's a good deal of it that is hard to, hard to watch. Yes, this was a first watch for me. And yeah, I, it's one of the better action movies I've seen in a bit. So I was blown away. Stacey, I was reading a little of your letterboxed earlier, and I agree, like you talked a little bit about how it's a bit slow paced at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with it once the movie gets going, like, because I think the first third is, even though it's a little slower, it's still really funny. Mm-hmm. And Wu's camera is always moving and his choices of his formal choices are always there. And it like is always interesting to me, no matter if there's action on screen or you're just kind of bumbling through some of this town with these characters. So I, I, I was in the whole time, but once the action hits like in that midway point, it just doesn't let up and it's, some of the best action I've seen in a while. So yeah. I do think the opening scene I the first half of the film is slower than the second half for sure, but the opening mm-hmm. of this scene or this film I think is so wonderful because it dumps you right into the the first chase, the hunt. Mm-hmm. And I oh, I just think it's yeah. such a great way to open it. And I love the the whizzing oh, yeah. of the the bolts coming through from the crossbow. Yeah. Stacy? Yeah, this film's great. I think that I think what's interesting about this movie is that you still get the John Woo touch. There's a lot of stuff that he was doing in Hong Kong cinema that he brings over to this film. And I feel like as he goes throughout his American career, that kind of gets diluted. He doesn't really do as many of those flourishes. But I think this film's unique in that Jean-Claude, he is not a good actor, John Woo makes movies with really good actors and he just makes them look cool. Mm-hmm. So Jean-Claude's not a great actor, but he is a physical specimen who can do a ton of cool stuff. And I think John Woo does a really good job of utilizing like what his actors do well. And he makes John or Jean-Claude Van Damme look like a superstar. And he choreographs his action in a different way than he would if he was shooting, you know, Tony Lung or mm-hmm. Chow Yun Fat. Sure. It is very physical. It, there's gunfights with flips and kicks and stuff in between. Mm-hmm. And I think it looks different. And I think that, you know, if we don't get his Hong Kong cinema, we don't get like hard target, then I don't think we get the modern run of action films that are like John Wickish. Sure. Melanie? <laughs> there's a there's a segment on the Kino Blu-ray that just came out where in the special features there's a great which I highly recommend watching this. There's a great interview with John Woo talking about the process of making this film and he kind of breaks down what you're talking about on how he Chiming Fat is not a great action star whenever he started. He wasn't that's not what he did. But he's like, I knew how, what slow motion rate to put him in to where he looks great and I can make him look like he can do anything. Like he can shoot a gun. He'd never shot a gun before. And it's just him talking about how methodical he is with each 
person he's shooting and how with Jean-Claude, because the while they were filming, the relationship they had was great. And he could, it's like he put more acrobatic stuff in it because the way he moves. That's why it's like the third, the final act of this is just he's flipping and kicking and it's all over the place and it's so big. And you still have those moments that are very, very much inspired by Hard Boiled and what he did in Hong Kong. But it is completely unique to having John claude as his star. And I, I love this movie. I, I cannot believe that more people didn't talk about it beforehand. It's phenomenal. It's really fun. I want to say up until recently, a lot of people consider this like the bad John Woo American film. I can't like, believe that. Because I think people like like Broken Arrow all right and everybody loves Face Off. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is an anomaly, like a Jean-Claude, you know, movie that John Woo did. But I think it's much more in line with his style than I, his American films I that came later. It helps having Lance. Lance is so good in as the villain and Arnold uh, Arnold Vuslaw the mummy yeah he's great I think having them kind of picking up the slack for what Jean-Claude can't do acting wise helps a lot yeah as a as a face-off stan this is up there for me I mean with uh, this is much better in my opinion than Broken Arrow like I, oh, I yeah. much prefer this but yeah I mean I love Face Off, but I also, like, yeah, this was, I, I would argue that this, the action here is better than Face Off. Um, I think a lot of what I love about Face Off is just the insanity of that film. Um, well, a lot of it's just Nick Cage Yeah, absolutely. With... But don't get me wrong, yeah, there's great, great action in that too, but, but this is more of an action spectacle, I would argue. Oh, yeah. And Wu's comedy still comes across here very much as well, which is something I love. So you said you had no idea that Sam Raimi was involved with this. Yeah. So Universal brought John Wu over and they wanted him to be a second unit director. John Wu had no interest in doing that. He wanted to be a director. You know, he makes movies. He's the director. Mm -hmm. He has full creative control. And that's how he operated in Hong Kong. You know, it, he had collaborations with Sui Hark, but outside of that, it's, you know, he's the guy who makes all the decisions. So they they agreed. They bring him over here. I think the first script that they shoot at him is Face Off, and he says no because he didn't understand the sci-fi stuff. Mm. But they do this uh, basically most dangerous game. Mm -hmm. Well, in this, he wasn't initially interested in doing this either because he thought it would be too difficult to to film and John claude the producer and the screenwriter they all like flew to hong kong to be like no no you have to do this yeah and universal they're also like john claude was one of their big stars so they're always trying to build that dude up i want to say like all of his big movies from the 90s are from universal john Woo comes over and they bring sam raimi on board at universal and he, I think he's credited as an executive producer on the film. So they bring Sam Raimi in to basically make sure that John Woo doesn't fuck up. And if he does, they'll take the movie from him and Sam Raimi will, like, fix it. Gotcha. And, and they were worried about him not only just, like, not being capable as a director, but they also thought he wouldn't be able to talk to... They were like, well, your English isn't that good, so people won't understand you. So Sam Raimi has to essentially be your translator, which is weird in and of itself too yeah but sam raimi ended up being like his biggest advocate 
Jean Wu's become a cult figure of many modern American uh, writers and filmmakers, and I think it's a reputation that's well-deserved. Uh, they're passionate about his visuals and uh, his sense of pace, and really the way he approaches sequences are very different. As different as when Hitchcock first approached suspense, John Woo is to action what Hitchcock was to that. At one point, like they took the movie away from John Woo in the editing room, and Jean Claude made a cut of the film oh, that was just like shots of him. him According to interviews and whatnot, apparently Sam Raimi just threw a big fit and got like John Woo to get the movie back. Nice. So pretty cool. Ups to you, Sam. Yeah, there's, um, Hollywood Reporter did a really great interview with John Woo, I think it was a couple years ago, it was like 2018, where he tells the story about everything that Sam did for him during this shoot, and there's also an interview on the Kino disc, uh, John Woo talking about himself, it's very sweet, like, you can mm -hmm. tell how much he appreciated everything that Sam did for him and how much they really have a friendship and bond, it's really, really, really sweet, but that Hollywood Reporter article I highly recommend looking it up. It's well worth a read. And he talks about how he coming from Hong Kong where a director is the final word, like he was able to do everything and he was so established. And that's part of the reason why America wanted to bring him over. Hollywood is interested because of like hard boiled, the killer, those films, yep. as soon as he gets here, they're just like, well, we don't really know if you're capable. So they were treating him like a first time director. Mm -hmm. And whenever he went to edit, Sam had a, called a meeting himself with a bunch of executives and was like, this is John fucking Wu. Like, what are you yep. doing? Like, he's going to have the final edit of mm -hmm. this film. Sure. And I think the first edit that he, that Wu did, it was like well over two hours. So okay. there's, there's a couple segments that are cut from it. That'd be cool if we could ever see that version. Yeah. My notes will be a little over the place, all over the place because this was a first time watch for me. So it was a trying to, watch and jot notes down so you guys will have to help me out whenever you need uh feel the need all right we as uh, melanie mentioned we have a a really solid opening we got motorcycles arrows cars mayhem we got bad dude lance henriksen this actor that's running yeah is uh, it's chuck far oh yeah i did not mention him i can't remember he's the screenwriter oh okay yeah okay. he's um the guy running he he wrote I think, he, well, he at least assisted. I don't know if he's the official screenwriter, but he did Navy Seals, Barbed Wire, mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, there's another one I can't think of right now, but he's done a few in this. So. Okay. As you mentioned him, uh, his character name is uh, Douglas Bender, and I'm going to attend, uh, go ahead and make a joke. Uh, Bender, hardly newer. Did you, you thought that would be received well? I was waiting for the audience to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you got anything to say uh, about this opening scene other than Melanie's already talked a little bit about it? Are these lethal weapon credits? The font looks the same oh, yeah. and the coloring's That's very true. similar. But... Nolan, how much money would it take for you to allow people to hunt you? I mean, none, because I'd die. I mean, if I was ready for death, then... You don't think... Look at There's, me. The, the, is there any world where you make it to but the there, No. You don't think there? there's a dollar amount that you consider it for? No, because if I agree, I die. Like, what if you were homeless given handjobs for RC Cola? Depends how much I liked it. The handjobs? Yeah, if the I like giving out handjobs, I mean, why would I want to leave that life? That's a very optimistic view for you to have. It's true. 
Now, if I'm like, man, this sucks. I just have a life sipping RC Cola. I mean, maybe I would think it over. Now's sure. the time. So what would that dollar amount be? At that point, does it matter? Yeah, probably, I mean, 10 bucks even, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll go get a buffet food, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I want to tell a story, but it's, it's mean-spirited, flat, probably. That's not even a good buffet. You know that, right? Yep. Okay. We meet John claude Van Damme. He's got his hoop earring in. Long, curly, greasy locks. Looking good. Right from the beginning here, uh, as I mentioned a little earlier... John Woo's formal techniques on display. We have slow motion, fast rhythmic cutting, montage editing, a swirling moving camera, first person type of view that glides through the different locations and spaces. Anything you guys want to say about the look of John Woo's films or this one in particular? As Stacey already said, this is definitely his American action films. This feels the most like Him. what we saw in yeah. Hong Kong. But yeah, sure. it feels very similar to his movements. It's very energetic. Uh, Van Damme uh, kind of puts his body on display early here. We meet some dudes trying to rob what would be our leading lady. Yeah, you didn't You didn't mention Yancey Butler's intro. I did not. You, you don't think she's an important character? I'm telling you, I told you. Look, my notes are all over here. I'm telling you, I told you. I done you. told you. It's <laughs> Bender's daughter. Hardly knew her, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we meet her. She tries some dudes try to take some money from well, her. She's so she's in the diner and she's yeah just walk like has this fat wad of cash mm-hmm. that she flings out That's and right. she's counting it and it is like I'm I'm gonna guess conservatively it's like two hundred and fourteen dollars. Like it is, it's not an insane amount of money that yeah. would change anybody's life. But sure. these guys It'd want be a, it. a good catch for the day. Do yeah. you, Nolan? Do you think that? If you were in that situation, they would try to rob you because they would think that the wallet that you have that you stuff every single receipt into is actually money. That's old, Nolan. That's not true anymore. You, you don't do that anymore? No. He doesn't a, have all his business it's a, papers anymore. It's a skinny thing. I got rid of my business papers. So what do you do with your receipts now? <laughs> Throw them in my car. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's your filing cabinet. Nailed it. Van Damme, he destroys some dudes. Pounds them like yesterday's meat. We get this scene where Jean-Claude is uh, trying to get, like, a job with... Oh, sorry. Yes. To interrupt. We have to back up. So yeah. It's whenever we're meeting, really, Jean-Claude for the first time. Sure. And we get that close-up yeah. of his little mm-hmm. fluff. What do you think of his hair? What do you think of that I mean, it's, it's nasty, but I dig it, kind of. You know that that was crispy, crunchy. Yeah. Like, that was ramen noodle, <laughs> Kentucky Absolutely. fried, mm-hmm. crispy chicken. Yeah, who knows the last time he washed it? I don't. No, I. the thing is, I bet what they did every day, he came in, they washed it. Well, I assume it's clipping stuff, whatever they're doing. But, like, you know that they wetted it down and then put gel or mousse mm-hmm. and just went to town. So it probably smelled sure. amazing. Probably like, I true. bet he smells like a salon. During the scene, something I love is the quote, which I don't know if you wrote this down alone, but the waitress asks him, how is the gumbo? How's that gumbo, Chance? A tragedy. The coffee was tolerable, though. It ain't free, neither. Yeah, I know. Leave your wallet in your tuxedo. I played that one on you before. Again, Wu's direction. 
pinging around to different parts. Like he does like a yep. close up of his earring, does a close up of his hair, does a close up of his eyes, does a close, like it's like pinging around his body, like all these pinpoints, and it's so intense. But he's just like a tragedy. It's so mm-hmm. over dramatic. I <laughs> love it. Well, something also that I think's pretty funny about the movie is it seems like everybody except the people that are in on this scheme from this section of New Orleans knows who Chance is. Everybody. And like they, like he's just the greatest guy. No, but they act like he's a troublemaker. Because like he's like, I, I think it's she, a lovable scoundrel. She, he's up to no good. Because they're talking about paying for the gumbo and he's like it's like, did I already use the left in my tuxedo? Yeah. Just lovable scoundrel. I do gotta yeah. say I don't have many criticisms, but one one small criticism is they don't really bring Nolans to life very well in this film. No, you don't get a sense of it mm-hmm. until you do. <laughs> From a certain character? Two, which we'll get there when we get there. There's two facets of this that I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. it. That's sure. Nolans. Sure. That's the moment. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. It's like you'd expect it to have a... A feel of the French Quarter and the yeah. the livelihood, yeah. and it's like it's kind of a small town feel, really. Yeah, it okay. feels kind of like a trashy Eureka Springs. I like that. So yeah, Van Dam uh, is trying to get a job as a seaman. It would appear able-bodied seaman. Yep, but you know he doesn't get the job because what does he owe the guy money? No, <laughs> he's part of a union, and uh, you have to pay your dues. That's what I thought. They're getting able-bodied seamen, but they're part of a union. So to get the work, you have, like, you're represented by your union, but you have to pay your union fees. So Jean-Claude... You have to pay into the company itself. So, Mm -hmm. like, there's two separate things. He had paid in with the company. For his licensing. Mm -hmm. He needed to pay for the union. But then it gets into the cycle. Then... The movie is mostly just, like, dumb fun, but it is trying to say stuff about, like, the wealth disparity and, you know, how it's poor people, homeless people, desperate people. Right. At least in this movie, it's, you know, veterans and stuff that are displaced. And so it's kind of this cycle of, you know, he he talks like, well, I can pay you when I go on the job. It's like, how am I going to get the money if I don't work? Mm Mm-hmm. Just a cycle. Yeah. Cycle of poorness. Sure. Unions. Mm-hmm. He would never make it as an able seaman. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I like to go shrimp fishing someday. You would you? You would not. No, you, you hate, would hate, you hate that. You hate the sun. You hate the ocean. You're never going to I can't it. imagine you with, like, big gloves hauling in a net full of, like, what, 100 just, pounds of shrimp. I didn't want straight from the ocean. No, you would not. And try it. <laughs> yeah, you'd be stealing the profit. That's free fish out of the ocean. Not if you're working for a company and you pull it off using their equipment. That's their that's their shrimp. You're gonna eat a live shrimp? Maybe. Maybe you put it in your pocket, eat it for later. <laughs> Boil it. That's right. Boiled shrimp. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, all right. We uh, we find out the name of our two main characters here, Nat and Chance. What kind of name is Chance? Well, my mama took one. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Okay, you guys are going to have to help me with this character's name. We meet a uh, huskier fellow who has a cigar. Randall? Randall. Yep. Basically, he gets a slow motion cigar lighting from Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, he's taken away. They're doing an investigation to find her missing daddy. Yep. Yeah. Or papa. Yep. He, he, 
I love this this little shot here. Slow motion cigar lighting, then Chance blows the match out. Hilarious. <laughs> I loved it, like, a lot. It was really good. Nat uh, finds out that her dad has been killed, who she was searching for. You're so... saying it incorrectly. Okay, you know what? I, I done told you. You had to help me on this, man. Okay. Her daddy. Sorry, her daddy. You lost your papa. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and explain to us the Nat and Chance relationship here, because I did not explain it at all. Melanie, can you explain this relationship? What would it take for you to make an, a, a connection with a homeless man to where you want to pick him up at the dock and you're, you're going to sleep with him in a deleted scene? Yeah, no. You're getting this all wrong, too. So <laughs> he saves her. Like, she, he's hustling at the beginning of their relationship, 100%. But he kind of plays hard to get a little bit, too. So it's like he sees her money in the diner whenever she's flashing that fat wad of cash. He's like, I can get some of that action. Mm-hmm. So she walks out, make, like makes her phone call, goes to the car, and he does this thing as he's getting up to leave where he hits the door so he can see the reflection of these just do-no-gooders. Mm-hmm. And they look like they're you know interested in that cash they saw her waving around. The cash and ass. Mm-hmm. Cash and ass. So... Ellie. They it's all go out to steal from her, and they also say they want a little something extra. And then Jean-Claude has, you know, a phenomenal scene of protecting her and mm-hmm. saving her from the danger. She's immediately in what we would call, they have a trauma bond. She has a trauma bond to him, where all of a sudden she's like, I need to find my daddy. You're going to help me do it because you know how to fight. Well, she pays him. Well, not, $217. But not yet, because we haven't gotten to the docks yet. <laughs> you gotta get there. So she goes off, talks to... Is it... Is, um, Police detective. It's Detective Mitchell. Cassie. She is wonderful. She's in School Days. She's in Silence of the Lambs. She's in um, Candyman, the original. Yeah. Eve's Body is awesome. I love her. Anyways, so she... Nat goes and talks to Detective Mitchell... And she, is it there that she finds out her father? No, she doesn't know her dad's dead. That's later. But she um, is going to have to do her own research because the police officer, the police department, they're not doing anything. So she's going to have to do her own thing. But she knows she's one little girl in this big town. She can't defend herself. She's already, like, gotten almost mugged. So then she finds Chance again. The detective tells her that she needs to find a guide. Chance is the only option. Mm-hmm. So that's why. She took yeah, a chance. So took a chance would took it? A chance. Would I? Yeah, I would. I would one hundred percent have Jean Claude take me around the town. But it's not Jean. It's a homeless guy who. Well, Chance is homeless. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Yeah, he's okay. poor too. That's why he's trying to get the two hundred and seventeen bucks. Fair. So he can go on the job. Okay. She finds out her dad is dead. Is the last thing I think he's. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Nat find. So we're caught up here with with Nat and Chance. Uh, Nat finds out her dad has been killed, and, uh, you know, so this is a bummer. John claude I mean, how's he going to get his money now? Obviously for him. He only worked a couple hours, not even a full day, so he's not going to be able to pay his dues. Uh, for her, her dad is, has passed on. That's a bummer. So everybody's uh, in, a, in a lose-lose situation right here. Now, we have another moment that for me was a laugh-out-loud hilarity here. Uh, we have the words, wakey-wakey. Wakey-wakey, you fat fuck! Uh, the big man we talked about earlier uh, has a very bad day as he uh, gets, like he's laying, the way he's sleeping. He, is like, it's like a baby passed a, out from milk. Really strange. Yeah. Arms above head, flat back, f- 
facing up. Nobody sleeps like this. That's true. And, uh, you know, our 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 guy who uh, is in The Mummy, I've already forget, forgotten his name. But Arnold Vosloo? That's the one. He comes in and, and just gives him a like a chop across the tum-tum. Is his name in this Van Cleef? Yes. So, yeah, he, he wrecks him. And then uh, I think uh, our, our, our dude gets his ear cut off a little bit. So, yeah, he, he just has a really bad day, basically. Any thoughts on this scene in particular? Well, so do you... Did you explain why the no the team's mad at him? Because this man facilitates. He has people hand out flyers for nudie. Oh, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like magazines or shows or what's happening. Like, I don't know if he is in affiliation with like a strip club or something. But it's all these flyers and he'll give them some money to hand them out. And through this, that we talked about the homeless community. There's a huge population of veterans that are homeless in New Orleans. So... They come and work with Randall to hand out these flyers. He's been working with Lance's team, and he's been providing them with people so that their high rollers can hunt, and he makes sure that they don't have any sort of background, no family connections that are going to get complicated. Sure. He fucked up because old Nat is looking for her papa. That's right. And they're like, she's asking questions. You told us that, you know... He didn't have a family, and poor Randall's crying, his ears bleeding, and he said, I thought he was alone. I thought he was alone. So, basically, uh, Lance Henriksen's, like, basically gives him, he's like, this is your last chance. Basically, he's like, tells him to, to get his, get him another guy, right? Mm-hmm. That they need to hunt down. He says, the next one, mm-hmm. you better not fuck it yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. After this, we get our Ted Raimi cameo, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. He just... Randomly appears in in the street. From here, Mr. Randall, he uh, hires another man. I've already forgotten this man's name, so I'm sorry. This is Roper. Elijah Roper, yes. So who we had met earlier in the film. Willie C. Carpenter. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I wrote it down because I think he's great. Yep. He's a really great addition. So, yeah, so he gets hired on basically to be the next... uh, victim of this dangerous game activity. Something kind of cool. Uh, the money belt that you see, like the they're handing off the money belt to these guys. So essentially, whoever's running the game, they hand you a money belt with... How much money are they? $10,000. So 10000 which is just not a lot of money. But they clip this money belt around, and if they make it to the lake, they get to keep the money in the belt. Mm-hmm. Lance actually came up with that concept. He said that he, him and John were talking and he said, you know, you have to have some visual representation of the money because these guys aren't just going to, like, they're vets, just they're smart. believe you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to somehow in the film show the money that they have some sort of collateral almost for them, like some sort of insurance. Yeah. Which I think is, it's a really small thing, but it's really smart and it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this set piece here of them chasing him down so i think it's kind of a scary it is it's it's a little bit of yeah a bit more of a horror film set piece uh did they go through like a is it a cemetery they go through Mm -hmm. it's one of the above ground cemeteries yeah and uh so yeah i I really dug that piece and miss elijah roper like he sticks around for like he he lasts a little bit and he ends up stealing one of the buffoon's guns and shoots him and but then his Bullets run out and he gets caught and killed, sadly. Yeah. But he had a good run. 
This leads us next to what I've got jotted down is Mr. Randall's death scene. Can you guys help me out here? Why did why does Van Cleep kill Mr. Randall? Loose in. Loose in. Okay. They, at that point, I think they're killing, they kill the doctor as well. Like they just want to make sure that they're in the clear. Yeah, because they're going to move on. I think at this point we already know that they're, yeah. he, they killed the doctor because the police officer came asking like, hey, we need to do another autopsy on Bender because, you know, we think that he was probably murdered. There's something sketchy happening in this town. So the doctor, you know, is burning all these medical records and stuff for Bender mm-hmm. and I'm assuming other people as well. And they decide, Lance's team decides that they're going to move on to Eastern Europe. So they're they're cleaning up the town, essentially. Yeah. So uh, Randall gets shotgunned in the head by Van Cleep, which is pretty brutal. <laughs> the death scene. Mm-hmm. And this basically leads right into uh, one of my favorite set pieces of the film. It's a gunfight in the street. I think it's pretty cool. I enjoy the rolling around and the John Woo action. Looks good. I have felt some like Michael Mann here. This this goes on for a while, so it starts out in the street, and we kind of move into a a driving set piece where we have trucks and motorcycles and uh, explosions. Nat gets on a motorcycle with Chance. They drive off while others are chasing them. Then they kind of get to a spot where they get stuck, and they the the road is closed, and Van Dam does a stunt where he gets on top of his motorcycle, drive towards towards the truck that's coming at them, sees that he has a leak in his gas tank, and as, right as the two vehicles are about to collide, he does a jump somersault over the truck, and the truck and motorcycle explode, and it's lovely. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So really, really dug this. And as as this all ends, it, I'm sorry, it ends with Nat and Chance jumping onto the top of a moving train. And we get a great shot of Lance with his gun. It's him loading that cool old gun that he has, yeah. lining up his shot, and they're, they're too far gone by the point he's lined up. Absolutely. After this, the, the film kind of moves into a tropical type setting if you will so they talked about in the film it's so tropical (laughs) so this uh i think uh stacy you probably would like to explain to us all talk to us about the uh the snake and van damme scene if you would he sets it up to be kind of a uh looks like it's going to be a love scene he's asking her you know she trusts him and stuff she's been complaining he's like you know the harder it is for us the harder it's going to be for them their little journey. So she closes her eyes, puckers up like she's gonna get a kiss. You trust me? Of course I trust you. Close your eyes. Why do you want me to trust you with my eyes closed? Close your eyes. And he grabs the snake and slaps it, punches it, and then bites its tail off. <laughs> and it makes this weird predator trap mm-hmm. out of the snake with a vine. Yeah. And it somehow, once the the bad guy trips on the trap, it launches the snake like a missile at his face. Uh, takes a bite right on his cheek. It doesn't make much sense. <laughs> 
It's a no, it doesn't, but it's a hell of a scene. She said that she was not comfortable filming with a real snake, so they made the animatronic snake. But I don't know how you would do that with a real snake, anyways. Like, surely they wouldn't have Jean Claude punch yeah. a snake. Sure, yeah. I did. Th- I thought it looked pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. There's one scene where Arnold's holding it and yeah. it like whips around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looks pretty good. But whenever he bites the butt of it off, it looks, <laughs> yeah. it looks like a snake from Walmart. Sure. As they're going through their uh, <laughs> their jungle here, they end up meeting, which my personal favorite character in the film, <laughs> we meet the uncle. Uh, this is... Uh, Chance's uncle say say his uncle name Duvet. Uncle Duvet. Uh, he's a moonshine man, filling his oats. Unbelievably fashionable outfit from Brimley. Red thermal overalls, white boots. I also made a comment. I love all the swipe edits in this film. It brings me joy. If you would, Stacy, explain to us kind of the plan here that uh, Brimley and Chance make here. Well, okay. So to cut back to earlier, Lance being the big baddie hires or doesn't hire he offers for sport it seems like some of their biggest game hunters that have come in for previous new orleans hunts because you see the guy who was hunting at the very beginning of the film with his like weird air bolt caster yeah Mm -hmm. and also sven thorson shows up as like a rich dude with a machine gun most notably of conan fame yeah and they offer them 700 or it costs 750,000 but whoever kills them like that debt is paid they're, they're bringing on the big game hunters here they're yeah like, we got we got a real you essentially could get a freebie kill crazy on our hands mm-hmm. here yeah yeah so. a freebie kill yeah okay. so it seems like the plan which the plan doesn't make much sense in the way that the movie is edited because like chance is supposed to go hunting them but it immediately cuts to them coming to Wilford's farm. Right. Or Uncle Duvet's. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they're off, him and Yancey are off in the background mm-hmm. getting ready to ambush these guys. Yeah. So it's like, what hunting was Chance doing? I wonder if there's, like, a five, ten minute yeah, Rambo type sequence it does, that we're missing. It does make it seem like he just got on his horse and going to find them, there's right? There's definitely, yeah. this segment of the film, I think, is where stuff was cut out. Because mm-hmm. I, I, the love scene that was cut out between Yancey and John has to be from this, somewhere before the action really kicks up. So either while they're in the woods, after they get to DeVay's mm-hmm. house, maybe they have quiet time by the dock. I don't know. Something has to happen here. And there's chaos on the farm. And then Chance is just galloping away on a horse. Yeah. I could have used like five minutes of Chance setting up traps and like murder montage. Yeah. We could have had sure. a, a Rambo moment yeah. in the woods for sure. You know, I feel bad for Uncle because he just blew up his whole moonshine operation in his house. But Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What you got to do, you know? What yep. are you going to do? So he, he rigs his house to explode. And kill some baddies. Yeah. And they ride off and you get this beautiful shot of <laughs> Wilford Brimley on a horse yeah. shaking a bow yeah. while an explosion paints the backdrop. It, it reminds, like, it's better than this. But, like, out of someone who's who'd, who'd like, seen Braveheart before this, it, it reminded me of, like, a brave sh- a Mel Gibson shot. You're like, mm. it's that level. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, to bring it back, talking about how John Woo 
is aware of like what his actors are capable of. There are a couple scenes in this where he makes Wilford Brimley looks like look like a badass. That's true. With a bow. It does. It's really impressive because I for one, while it's hilarious him on the horse, later whenever we get into like the final set piece, he does some stuff with a bow where he looks pretty badass. It's true. It's yeah. pretty cool. I agree. Yeah. Uh all I said here, Brimley the fire starter. <laughs> Brimley on horseback, what dreams are made of. And I'll get on my high horse for one second. Dangerous action filmmaking from Wu. The type of craft that is rarely on screen now. Real stunts, practical effects. I'm sorry. Real stunts, practical effects. Fuck the CGI. This is the good shit. That's my opinion. I love it. This is this is what action filmmaking should be. It's great. There's so many explosions in this movie. It yeah. does not disappoint. And this leads us to basically our, our final showdown here with uh, we get a warehouse shootout. I think they call it the Mardi, the Mardi Gras graveyard. It's like a yeah. bunch of like, it's an abandoned warehouse with it's, all these this, out of date floors. Yeah, this is a really interesting set piece. I I love all the uh, paper mache, mache dolls or it's whatever. Float, like, it's floats from the parade okay. that are, have been decommissioned. We get the classic, you know, John Woo doves here again. Yeah, I, I you guys will do probably a better job of talking about this action scene than I'll do. I just want to say real quick, uh, one of my favorite scenes here during this whole shootout is we get a Van Cleef uh, Van Cleef uh, versus Chance where they are back to back against each other. Uh, classic Wu shot. Uh, he would remake this shot and face off, except obviously in face off when the two characters turn around, they each see a mirror and shoot themselves in the mirror because. They each have the face of the person they hate, but here they just they just take trying to take out each other. But uh, yeah, this this scene probably lasts a good what 15, 20 minutes, close to it. I would say twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's and it's just nonstop from yeah, it's no holds bar. I love it. Yeah, he destroys somebody on a motorcycle to kick things off. That's a lot of fun. Big explosion. He kicks a gas can into this motorcycle, shoots it with a shotgun, mm-hmm. sends them out, and then that's when we get to the the floats. And yeah. his introduction's awesome, oh, yeah. where they're coming in, and he just lowers this crane. He's like on a unicorn? It's I can't tell what it is, which I should have pa- had you pause while we were watching this, but it has wings... So if mm-hmm. it's like a Pegasus unicorn or a swan thing, or something, yeah, it, yeah. but there's wings yeah. and it's beautiful. And yeah. He's just peppering them with the shotgun. It's great. it's wonderful. Lance Hendrickson's on fire at one point. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that like you can tell that they just kept shooting because at the end he has like a, a small scene of dialogue with Arnold Vosloo, and he's still, like, his hair and body is so wet and slick. Mm-hmm. It's like you could tell he's still wearing, like, the fire oh, gel. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, also, during, like, one part, or towards towards the end of the scene, action piece, we get uh, Uncle and Nat finally make their way in. And we got Uncle shooting shooting his bow and arrow at guys. Nat gets, gets a, even a small bit where she shoots up a guy. And then after she does it, Uncle's like... No. <laughs> Takes the gun from you. Dude, you give me that gun. Now, now look what you do. Give me this gun. I take care of all this bad guy. Give me this gun. She murdered that guy real good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, <laughs> I love just John Woo gunplay. 
Yeah. I love that everybody can take a bajillion bullets. Like guns, you don't have to reload them unless it would look cool in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you could shoot somebody 20 times. They're still standing. You can kick them in the face afterwards, shoot them another 20 times. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. Classic woo, man. Absolutely. It's very good. That, and then uh, one of another one of my my favorite moments is towards the very end when Hendrickson's basically the last guy left. All this fire is going on. The way he's shot, he basically looks like the devil, basically. So, like, he's with all this fire and the editing cutting to all the, like, the demon faces of the paper mache. Yep. As he's blowing them yep. up. Mm-hmm. This kind of gave, gives me a little bit vibes of uh, To Live or Die in L.A. Sure. The, mm-hmm. the final warehouse yeah. segment. Welcome to hell. Yeah. I mean, I'll just finish off here. I mean, Hendrickson uh, does get blown up in the end by a grenade. Uh, Van Damme tells him hunting season is over. Hunting season is over. Great line. So, yeah, Hendrickson gets blown up uh, from a grenade gifted by chance. Uncle gets an arrow to the chest, mm-hmm. and we think he might be dead because right before Van Damme kills mm. Hendrickson, like we get a little montage of shots in his head of like all the people he's, he's avenging. Yeah, and so yeah. it's great. <laughs> <laughs> And after the, the but yeah, after that, all that's over, we we go to Uncle and we find out he didn't die. He was saved by the booze. And he, yeah, he's like, "What's all this noise? I was dreaming of you, Shari." <laughs> but then he also says, "I think I'm hurt real bad." That's right. And he pulls out <laughs> pulls the out flask. flask. That's and right. The flask it's it's yeah. empty one, it's, and it has a hole in it. That it it's really like one of the best ending shots I can think of. Like yeah. that's how the movie ends. Well, and they walk out they like walk out. during credits, That's but true. yeah, the movie, movie's over. Movie's over. Born on the Bayou, playing over the credits. Unbelievably smart choice of a song. <laughs> what can I say? So, as far as like power rankings for versions of Most Dangerous Game, I imagine this like ranks higher than the Pest for you. <laughs> yeah, higher than the pest, higher than the hunt. Yeah. What about um, so a movie that's very similar that came out I think a year or two later, Surviving the Game. Yeah. With Ice T and Rutger ah, Hauer. I don't believe I've seen that. Yeah. One. So Ice T is the one getting hunted, and I think it's like isn't Rutger Hauer like a, a war vet or something? And there, it's, it's like ATVs. It's very similar to this. Okay. It's, yeah. I'll have to check I, that one out. I do prefer this film. It's a great movie. Well, it, I feel like they do a most dangerous game update, like. You get two or three a decade, it seems. Sure. And things that I like in this movie that kind of relate to, you know, that original story. I do like that Lance is, I think it's cool when he calls, like, everybody that works for him dogs. Because, like, a big thing is, like, the dark, in that story and in the first, mm-hmm. or in the 30s movie, the dogs of Zoroff. Right. So, okay. I I like that aspect. Mm-hmm. I also, the buffalo. I was going to say dogs and buffalo, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's interesting that... And he, he said that he was the one that, like, injected that into the script. And it seemed like Lance had a lot of say in, like, what his dialogue was and how this character would be portrayed um, going off of his interview. And I think that I, – I think he is supremely underrated as an actor. I think that – because he's not – like, I do think he's intimidating, mm-hmm. and he does bring a physicality, but he's not... You don't see him and be like, oh, yeah, like, he's gonna... 
him and Jean Claude like they could face off right. and sure. but he is intimidating yeah. in the role. Yeah, I think he does well, really he, well. His whole thing is he serves face like he has a really and he, I mean I think he's I love Lance. I think he's yeah, really handsome. I, I think he I could listen to him talk all day. Him his interview on the disc is wonderful, but he. Yeah, it's it's that face again. It's very it's a Willem Dafoe type thing where it's like mm-hmm. it's not like they're outwardly or physically intimidating. Yep. They could look at you and like chills. And like, okay, there's people like that I've met in life that like scary dudes. Like you don't want to mess with them. They may not look bigger than you. You're like there's some about you. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know that. yeah, absolutely. No, he he does great. I, I love the his facial expressions and the way he holds himself and his body. I I think he's pretty intimidating. And I love the. Him playing the piano, that scene where he's wearing like, oh, yeah. oh, white so linen good. That was a good scene, in yeah. his palatial Louisiana mansion. Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about that, but he looks yep. so good. And he there's cuts between you know what Lance is or what Chance is doing, and then it cuts back to Lance, and he just looks pissed. Yeah, playing like he starts off and he looks kind of studly, not really paying attention to his hands, and he's just playing whatever, killing it. And then it cuts back, and he just looks more and more frustrated because nothing is going. You know, yeah. operations. Failing. Sure. Things mm-hmm. are going tits up. Absolutely. So, well, great movie. Do we want to get into our... Yeah. Uh, categories. Categories here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll start here. Uh, the high point for me, there is a lot. Um, but So if I've got to break it down to just one, I'll go with... I'm going to go with the uh, motorcycle and truck action set where they are... Yeah, where I talked about it earlier, where the motorcycle and truck collide. Van Damme does uh, a somersault and crazy jump over the truck as the two collide, and there's huge explosions, and it's just, yeah, it's great physical stunt work. Yeah, so good. Uh, My low point is, uh, like I said earlier as well, uh, I wish Norlands would be more live. I wish we we got a little more. Yeah. A bit more of that. And my make them laugh moment, also a moment I said earlier. There's a lot to choose from here, but I'm going with the wakey wakey as uh, the big man gets slapped in the stomach. <laughs> my high points, I mean, I guess it is too general to just say John Woo. Right. But um, the last sequence, mm-hmm. I really like the way he stages the action. Yeah. I love... Jean-Claude's physicality mixed with the John Woo gunplay. I think that Jean-Claude gives Woo different tools to work with as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I think that they complement each other very well. I I think that it's a shame we didn't get more films kind of like this from him instead of, you know, mm-hmm. you know he started doing those, like Broken Arrow sure. face-off and, and I like face off fine, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it would have been kind of nice to see like a studio get behind him and kind of let him do more of his own thing. Mm-hmm. My low point is just the pacing of the film. What is it like 95 minutes? It's not like a terribly paced movie, but I do think that it's a little heavy on the front end. You could probably cut a little and I would sacrifice some of that if we could get some of the stuff that was probably cut out either through because of violence or whatever, because the back half of the film, there are it feels like there are sequences that are cut out. Mm-hmm. And I guess the film originally focused more on Lance's character like it it gave just there was more of their gang and 
there was more action with them, mm-hmm. which would have been good. Sure. And my make them laugh is going to be Wilford Brimley on a horse mm-hmm. with the bow and the explosion. A portrait of it. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A general high is Sam Raimi's stepping in to help him kind of take the film back. I think there's a good chance, like, had he not been there, that could have put such a bad taste in his mouth to working in America that he yeah, wouldn't have done it again. For sure. But for more specifically, I would say the... The final set piece. I think that warehouse is so cool. The action mm-hmm. is so much fun. Um, and I would agree. It's like the the front half, there is more story stuff you're connecting, but there's slower moments that could speed the process up a bit. But once you hit that, the second half of yeah. the film, it's that, full balls to the wall. I would say at least like the last 45 minutes is just like, just if, if you enjoy good action, you're like going to love it. It's really funny. Jean-Claude isn't isn't the strongest actor, but it's like he he is a physical yeah, it, specimen. He looks good doing like yeah. they're they are definitely are in sync with like mm-hmm. an actor and a director as far as yeah. what they're conveying. It's so entertaining. Yeah, the, the I think the film knows that it's got a comedic side to it. Yeah, obviously mm-hmm. Wilford. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's so silly. Uh, so yeah, so that's like my high high, and then I would say uh, low. I agree with the pacing. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say, just to bring it back, is the film almost getting taken away mm-hmm. from, from Wu. My make him laugh is a very specific thing. At the beginning, whenever he's defending Nat uh, from all the guys trying to steal her purse or her money, he does <laughs> the way that they move into his action. So Jean-Claude is wearing, he's got his jeans mm-hmm. and he's wearing kind of a, a blazer trench coat type thing. Yeah, like a duster. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like that. And he does this thing where he... It's shows his hand move his duster back. Any other action star, that's uh, to yeah, reveal I a do gun. This. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's Jean Claude and he's right. kicky pants. Mm-hmm. He pulls it back, and there's nothing there. Yep. there's no holster. There's no gun. Mm-hmm. He's just letting. He's moving the jacket so that leg can kick up. That's right. And fully diagonally, <laughs> just roundhouse jack a guy <laughs> in the face. <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of uh, Henry. Cavill, yeah. Mission Impossible, loading his yeah. arms. I'm sure it, like, it was probably a very purposeful, cheeky thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's fully intentional, and I loved it. Are you ready for our final segment? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. So. MFK. I must ask. You know what I almost, because we talked about mm-hmm. this before, which I now this is a lost episode. We can talk about that real quick. Sure. We had an episode that we the audio failed halfway through, so it's not getting released. But R.I.P. Valerie. We talked about possibly changing either, not discontinuing MFK, because we'll always do it, but maybe changing the name so it's not so crass, because maybe the F word offends some people, not that we have ever censored ourselves. Who fucking cares? Exactly. For this, I did want to make a slight change. So for, just for this episode, Mary, Barry, Woo. Okay. So just for this, Mary, Barry, Woo. Okay. Barry, Mary, Woo. Okay. Okay. So you ready? Okay. Chance. Lance Dubay. Okay. Chance Lance Dubay. Okay. Um, I'm marrying Chance, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Look, he's a protector. You, we all know I love this. You do. Great body. Bad hair. We're going to have to do something about the hair. But everything else, I'm all right with. I mean, probably have to figure out some ways to get him some money. So that's a, that that just means you're the earner. That's the bad part. So you need to figure that out. That's 
So yeah, I may have fucked up a little bit there, but let's see. I'm going to sadly bury uncle. <laughs> wow. I know. I, I and and I'm I'm boning Lance. He'll turn. Hmm. I'm going to marry Lance Hinkerson because he's rich. I mean, they're charging like half a million. Are you okay with blood money? Of, yeah. of American veterans. What, what if you died? get? Asked, oh, I mean, what if you get? I don't want to know about it. Partake. Like if he has to do some of the killing, he's going to be the secured, quieted. Like okay. he's in a different area. He's like a concubine. Okay. He's mm. up in a palace. Oh, okay. that sounds nice. <laughs> that does sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you not. can work on your piano skills. Maybe take some lessons. Oh, I imagine there'd be some sexy. Like he's like mm. he puts his hands over your hands mm-hmm. on the keys, yeah. and he's like. No, you do it like this, and then mm-hmm. he comes up behind you, and he's like, like this, mm-hmm. and you go down, and then he st- mm-hmm. puts your hands on his penis. Hands start going places. I just imagine that, like, he's probably like a in real life a small dude, so I'm a bigger dude. Mm. Yeah, but he's gonna have the dominant energy. Are you? Oh, I know. It's tough, isn't it? I'm gonna kill Chance. Oh, here's why. You're killing Chance. Okay. He's the biggest obstacle to my happiness. In this scenario where I've married Lance Hinkerson. So if I kill him, then I've proven my worth to Lance. I've set myself up for life. Like life's not going to get any harder from there. That's the hardest thing in life I'll have to do. Because, I mean, it seems like after that, I mean, you're just killing drones. Now, now, now time out. Time out. Lance has already proven that he's going to die by chance's hand. So you, no, this you is think a, that you you will be the deciding factor. Well, no, no, no. Has to be this is this yeah. This is hypothetical, my man. Right. This is I know, but I'm I'm still saying like in the movie he proved he could kill everybody. But right, right, right. But you think your presence will make it? No, no, no. I'm not saying I could beat Chance in a fight or in a okay. hunting thing. But I'm saying in this scenario. Okay. That's your choice. Like, if I can, I'm going to. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, okay. like, that's that's okay. what I'm doing because, like, then I'm set up for life. Okay. I'm going to fuck Uncle because mm. we're going to have some good times with the moonshine. I cannot believe that you did not marry Wilford Brimley, which is what I'm going to do. Sure. I'm mm-hmm. marrying Uncle. That's like, to be a survivor. You know what? I, I can handle a quiet life. Like, I bet we can get... We're going to have to... He's, he's thrifty. Like, we can... We're going to have to rebuild the house. He's going to start his moonshining business up mm-hmm. again. I feel like we're going to get a couple goats, some ducks. What happens? I don't know if that was a business. I think that was for personal pleasure, the I'm, moonshining. Well, either way, it's I'm going to capitalize on that. So I'm definitely going to help him. We're going to it's going to become a lucrative thing. I'm going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck chance. The things that he could probably do with his body, it would be very pleasing. So I want to know about that directly, sure. personally, in mm-hmm. a deep, meaningful way. And then... He's going to teach me how to fuck. Yeah. And I got to kill... I got to kill Lance. I can't... I can't handle... I would be... R.I.P. I couldn't handle it. I mean... What, the murder? Yeah. Absolutely not. I could not handle... I'm not going to... His estate looked nice. But also, I don't know that I am his cup of tea because he had a very close relationship with his henchmen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was probably more what he was into. So one, I don't even think I would have an end. Two, I don't want to live on blood money. I just don't. See, well, my scenario, I'm the new henchman. I know. Hmm. No, it works for you. I did that. I mean, is it really, like, 
they are volunteering. It's not... <laughs> it doesn't make it better. It makes it a little better. It doesn't make it that better for me. I think it makes it a little better. That's it's not you, like you're kidnapping you. people it's and putting you. them in an area. It's, it's not even like the original story where they get shipwrecked on an island. This is, hey... You got a chance. But Here's they don't $10, have a because the guy, the first guy makes it to the river. He didn't make it here. And here is something that he should have done. Instead of trying to pull himself up on the dock to get to that boat. Let yourself, let fall. yourself fall in the water. Or take a dive off the dock. Yeah. What are we doing, guy? He mm. could roll. He could duck and He roll got with himself a killed. With a thing old of bender. Mm. Hardly knew her. <laughs> no, he had the... the quick insight to take that gas jug at the beginning and tumble and roll, but he couldn't just flop into the water whenever he got Exactly. Bender killed swim. Bender. Swim under the water, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but this is... So it's not murder. It's you You lost at a game, my friend. We know where you stand with the ethics and morality, so that's fair. Well, Melanie, what were the choices you thought I the thought ones you made? I thought you were going to marry Wilford yeah. for sure. You could set up in a cozy little area. He's going to take care of you. He didn't even like... It'd be the better life. Look at it this way. I mean, I'll have him in my life. You said you were going to kill him. You did. Oh, man. I've got to take over his business. Stacy, good choice. Thank you. Fun movie. Great movie. So, all right. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, this will be my pick. So, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh you can find us in the meantime on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find us on Instagram at Cinema Parlor. You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. S Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. And if you would uh, give us a review and rating on iTunes, Spotify, you can also find us on SoundCloud. Find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And uh, if you give us a review, I will read them, or it on air, I should say. And uh, don't care if you like us or not. Just, just get us, get give us something. So, uh, yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hope you all have a good week. Peace. Bye.